0: What is up, everyone? This is the talking Orange podcast, and today I will be joined by Matthew Gutierrez of the Daily Orange. We will be talking about Syracuse's loss to Florida State and previewing its upcoming matchup with Boston College. Let's talk orange.
1: <laughs> Heinrich puts up the shot. It's too long
0: champion all right we're in the studio in uh in new houses what is this recording studio uh making use of our resources up here at su i'm gonna talk some syracuse basketball did very little prep work for this episode so we're just gonna keep it loose keep it fast uh hopefully what you guys are looking for on this it's a pretty friday afternoon how you doing matt
1: Pretty good, pretty good. Thank you for having me on. Really enjoyed our, our last uh, episode previewing BC, and we're actually going to talk about BC a little bit more as they play for the second time in in uh, ten days.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, but uh, first, we're gonna we're gonna talk a little bit about Florida State and recap that game, see what we can take away from it. Um, Obviously a disappointing loss, 80-62 to 62 for Syracuse. Um, and, you know, people are back in panic mode. Uh, I mean, we haven't seen this much stirring among Syracuse fans since we lost to Georgia Tech uh, because Syracuse did get hot there for a while. Yep. And, I mean, we're still 7-3 um, with eight games left in ACC play. Uh, but, you know, the team didn't look good in its eight point. 18, excuse me, point loss. What'd you say?
1: No, they didn't. And just worth note, last January Syracuse lost four in a row. And they've, they've, I think the final four year, three years ago, they lost four to five at one point, give or take, in uh, early in, this, in the conference play. So, look, one one game, especially against a top 25 team, while you'd like to have that home win, mm-hmm. you know that's not the end of the world there at all. Uh, they still have some big big game, big opportunities coming forward here in the next month. Uh, Tuesday night though against Florida State, I think you had a good point about pace, which I think we'll get to a little bit and what that is kind of how is that dictated Syracuse how they're playing and what kind of offense they're bringing. Um, But against Florida State, I just I think the offensive struggles were were kind of highlighted there a little bit with very little consistency um, offensively. We've kind of seen spurts of it. But again, it's something we saw in non-conference play in the four losses, and it, it resurfaced Tuesday.
0: Right, yeah, the ball movement, obviously. So we haven't seen consistent ball movement from Syracuse, maybe not all season, um, or at least, you know, carry over from game to game. And this game was no exception. Uh, the ball was stagnant, uh, per usual. Um, Syracuse's reliance on Ty's battle to pull it back into the game. Yeah. After Syracuse went down 36-14, to 14, uh what 10 minutes into the first half yep. so Syracuse really needed to you know grind possessions put the ball in Tyus's hand let him create yep. and that wore Tyus out as we would see later on in the game as the team couldn't come back from being down even 10 uh late or towards yep. the back end of the second half um so yeah that that's that the stagnant uh ball movement plus the pressure that Florida State applied they're a good uh they're a good defensive team.
1: Yeah, they really are. And like you pointed out, four four players score for Syracuse. Uh, Frank Howard, zero points, zero rebounds, zero assists, three turnovers. Uh, Marek, Pascal, and Frank are non-factors offensively. Uh, that's a huge issue, and that's why you, you get blown out.
0: Yeah. Um, and we could we could talk about Frank. You want to make this about Frank real fast? Yeah, yeah let's talk um, about it. So, yeah, obviously Frank doesn't get into the scorecard other than his turnovers, And he did turn the ball over ugly. It wasn't just, you know, ball slips through his hands or something. (laughs) Like, he was making poor decisions. However, I have a gripe with people that flip flop on Howard Uh, so, so extremely. Does that, or they go back and forth to to opposite ends of the spectrum? Frank Howard brought Syracuse to the Sweet 16 last year. Yes. Tyus Battle was the best player on the team. But that team doesn't go anywhere unless Frank Howard was playing at the level that he was playing at. Now, game to game, I know we haven't seen Frank Howard, and maybe it's the injury, maybe it's not. But people getting up in arms over his play right now need to just cool out. Yeah. We will see him return, or we'll see him continue to improve as this season goes along. I can't imagine that he is just playing this way because he's ill-prepared or that he's not working hard enough or he doesn't want it hard enough. If you're going to tell me that Frank Howard doesn't want it enough, <laughs> I mean, I, what do you know that I don't know, right? Yeah. I I have a problem with people questioning his motivation. And I don't know how you feel about this, but I'm, uh, I'm starting to get pretty sick of uh, all the hate.
1: Yeah, no, he's one of the harder workers on the team. He's kind of the team spokesman <clears throat> in, a, in a lot of ways after losses and wins. Uh, led the team last year, big time. And I think it was around this time last year when Syracuse was kind of treading water, right? And they were it looked like every week into February, more and more, that this was going to be a bubble team at, at best, probably an NIT team. Yeah. And after some of those games where Frank maybe didn't do 18 and with eight assists, uh, he he had posted a couple times about DMs and and um, we don't have to get into them, but people really hating on him. Uh, and then after wins, you know, if he gets twenty points or fifteen and a, and a bunch of assists, it's like, oh, he's the savior point guard, you know? Right? Yeah, yeah. he has been a project for Syracuse the past few years, but he's he's con- he's contributed he's, I think, more than he's. He's
0: watched. our guy too. Definitely. You know what I mean? Rally behind him, and that stuff about getting into his DMs and stuff—that's inexcusable. That is absolutely inexcusable. He is a college player, not getting paid. He is playing for your entertainment. I mean, I guess to further his career as well. But you are there enjoying his play or his team that he's representing. And you, after games, and I'm, I'm speaking to you uh, being general here about talking directly to the person that, that is in his DMs or in his Instagram instant messages, get out of there. He is a college player going out there, not getting paid. He's not a professional. Mm -hmm. And even if he was a professional, he's a human being. It's not like it's not a lack of trying. (laughs) This is you can't do this. That's horrible. So if you're one of those people, I mean, I hope that you maybe shut down your social media apps, find a new way to channel your frustration. I mean, sure, we're all frustrated, including Frank himself when he doesn't play well, yep. right? But you don't need to let him hear it in his, in his mentions, Twitter mentions too. Don't just go and tag him in a tweet, in a negative tweet, to let him know how angry you are. He knows he didn't play well. Yep. Come on, guys. Um, yeah, that's definitely something I'm passionate about, um, not treating players like garbage. You know, they're yep. human beings. Yep. Um, so that's that kind of stuff's inexcusable. Uh, and I know I'm not talking to most of the audience here. So, yeah. I mean, even if even if the carryover is just that, you know, people that are listening, you know, say to their friend that wants to tweet out someone or did tweet at someone, hey, man, come on, let's cut this out. Yeah. Like, I think that we should, as fans, um, be more aware of how we're treating the players. Yeah. And uh, if you see someone doing it, tell them to cut it out. Because that's not fair to Frank, and he doesn't need it. Or anyone else, for that matter. Nope. Don't get in their mentions. Don't get in their DMs, et cetera. Um, And then (laughs) on the other side of the coin, uh, let's talk a little bit about Jalen Carey. (laughs) Um, So Jalen Carey, now I was looking at the Florida State game and what this game was like in terms of of stylistic play uh, to compare it with other games that we've played. And it was a lot like the UConn game. Florida State probably a little longer and more athletic than UConn, yeah. but same type of defensive intensity and pressure that they were applying. Uh, so it, this felt like it could have been a Jalen Carey game. 100%. Yeah, to your point, he—he
1: uh, he, uh, I think he had 26 against UConn. And, yeah, he wouldn't have maybe had 26 against a longer, more athletic, just an, an ACC team in Florida State. But his ability to get to the rim, play quick, um, if he could minimize turnovers, which is a big if, but if he right. could, I think I, I agree with you. This was probably a game where he deserves more than one minute, which is equivalent with the walk-ons. Um, kind of a short lease. We saw Tyus play point just about the, uh, most of the most of the contest there that Frank wasn't in.
0: Right, and the, we saw Elijah Hughes. You know, like the question is who whose spot does he take in the lineup? So without Frank Howard in... Beheim's usually going to Tyus Battle, Buddy Beheim, and Elijah Hughes one through three, yep. and Elijah Hughes did put up 17 points, um, and then four for twelve. Yeah, he had four Level- for twelve. He was shooting a lot, kind of launching. Uh, he did have four turnovers as well. Yeah, and so even so, we saw Tyus get gassed, and that's part of why Syracuse collapsed so badly at the uh, yeah in the second half. Now. I would, I would think that Tyus was so tired from carrying the offense, right? And what can Jalen do is Jalen is a great one-on-one player, yeah. break down his defender. He's, he's kind of a street baller. Yeah. He's got the moves to get to the basket. Yep. And then maybe he's not there at the college level to do that consistently and not turn the ball over. Yep. But this would have been a perfect game to let him loose because Syracuse needed another player that could attack the basket yep. and that could be a playmaker on the ball because Tyus' battle ended up wiped out from it.
1: Yeah, well said there. At the end of that game, Tyus was a little drained. And think about it. I mean, we talked about it, I think, the other day off air, but Tyus playing basically 40 minutes. I know he did it last year, but when you're when it's just like 10 seconds on the clock and every time they're kicking to you, looking to you to score, that gets tiring every single possession just over and over. It's almost like not that he's out of moves, but it's just like can some maybe can someone else right. take a shot off here. Uh, and then one thing with, with um, when Jalen is actually rolling, which we've seen spurts of, he he can just do so much for Tyus, can play off ball, be more of his natural shooting guard position and, and kind of, quote unquote, relax at least a little bit on offensive positions.
0: Right. Especially in games where Frank Howard's struggling. Now, I mean, I'm not going to go back on my Frank Howard word. I think he's still the best point guard. But if we see... If Coach Beheim sees Frank Howard struggling, especially against a more athletic team, why not just throw Jalen Carey more than one minute? Yeah. Right? See what he can see if he can make any plays out there. Because Carey has that sort of spark. You know, he can get things going quickly, especially if he's locked in and attacking, and he could take off of the load from ties yeah. I mean I don't think I'm not advocating for Carey to be seeing 20 plus minutes, but you know maybe maybe five. Roll him out there for five. See if he can get anything going in those five minutes, and then if he is, give him some more. Yeah. Just see what he has on a game to game basis. Carey's going to be a great player for Syracuse. Uh, I think starting next year we'll see it. Absolutely. Um, I anticipate he'll
1: be the starting point guard next year, and he'll he's capable of. Fifteen to twenty points, I think, a game. Right. Especially he's a really clean shot. He can create his own shot very easily and get to the rim.
0: Yeah, definitely in his mid range game. I mean I imagine that his three pointer is gonna be something that he's gonna need to uh, he's gonna need to stretch his range a yeah. little bit. Yeah. But um but I mean, definitely his mid range is very pure. He, he's definitely got like solid mechanics right now. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that he could develop into a very consistent three point shooter. Um, very consistent. That's an oxymoron, isn't it? No, I think that's fine. I mean, we want to try to minimize varies, but, (laughs) that's solid. There's there's worse. (laughs) Uh, so, yeah, talking, I mean, FSU, not a good three-point shooting team, shot 11 of 22. We're running a little long here on our FSU talk, huh? Um, but FSU shot 11 of 22 from three, and they're not a good three-point shooting team. So I didn't mind... Syracuse packing it in on the defensive end. Mm -hmm. That was fine. Let a team shoot itself into a hole. However, I don't know how many they made in the first couple minutes when they scored 36 points in the first 10 minutes of the game, (laughs) but maybe you make an adjustment. Maybe. Maybe you step out a little bit more on Terrence Mann or who else was shooting the ball well. You had Terrence Mann shooting. You had Caben... Oh, ca- they were saying Gale or something like yeah. that. I thought it was Cabengele. Maybe that's the other guy, Kumanji. No, nah, but Terrence Mann, 4 of 4. Cabin-ge-le, uh 4 of 4. Savoy was 2 of 5. Maybe uh, MJ Walker, 3 of 6. Maybe we step out on these guys. Yeah. Especially if they're hitting shots early. Mm-hmm. You know, like, but Syracuse kind of seemed okay to just let them launch over the zone. Yeah. And. I didn't get it. What, did you see anything? Yeah,
1: no, it's just it's a quick thing on that. It's just kind of a, a tweak that usually happens at halftime, which maybe is a little too late. Mm-hmm. Um, they, I guess they don't notice it. It is It can be difficult. They've, they've gotten beat by shooters before this season, you know, where one or two guys have been able to beat them, and that's kind of a chance you take with the zone. Tonight, I think O'Shea said it's just unfortunate that it happened against a team that doesn't really – orient themselves around the three. Mm-hmm. You know, they just had a, a, a hot night.
0: Yeah, definitely, because you game plan to, uh, you know, pack it in and say, hey, I mean, we'll let yeah. you chuck. But yeah. then they they don't do that. And I understand, like, the halftime adjustment thing, and, like, maybe that's something that you just rediscuss or reevaluate at halftime. But then they scored 39 points at the half. They scored 41 in the second half. <laughs> so it's not like, I mean, I don't know what their three-point splits were half-to-half. But they scored just as many points. Yeah. And, so, yeah, they were getting a lot in transition, though, especially once the Syracuse offense went stagnant. But I don't know. Last thing here on the FSU game, um, and maybe this is a general point, but the pace. You alluded to it earlier. Um, now, this is just something uh, that, I, that I caught looking at the basketball reference website. Uh, Syracuse's basketball reference site. And if you go to the advanced game logs, you can organize um, Syracuse games this season by pace, which just evaluates uh, how quickly shots are being taken by both teams. Um, And so in Syracuse's 11 slowest paced games this year, I know that's an arbitrary cutoff, but bear with me. Syracuse is 10-1 in those 11 slowest paced games. In Syracuse's fastest games, there's something like three and three. In the six fastest, there's something like three and three. No. So, I mean, I, the fastest w- does include a win over Duke. But the slowest ones, it wasn't like the Ar- all the Arkansas States and the Bonaventures and stuff like that. There's wins against Clemson, Notre Dame, Boston College, Ohio State, Pitt, Miami. These are like real competition. And Syracuse is thriving mm-hmm. in the slowest-paced games. What do you think about this? Yeah, kind of interesting
1: there is some of those teams are definitely on the bottom half of the conference and almost against quality teams, not really capable of dictating the pace, but Ohio State is one of the outliers there. Um, We saw in that game a road win for Syracuse in a hostile environment, very loud there. They handled, they dictated the pace there. That's That's a sign, I think, of what Syracuse can do moving forward here in the next few weeks on the road against top 25 teams try to slow it down maybe a little bit see based on these numbers here 10 and 1 and 11 slowest pace games try to slow it down and then i think replicate
0: what you did against ohio
1: state which is a road win
0: right and it sounds counterintuitive because we know that syracuse's offense can go so stagnant um however you know i think that it's interesting that in the slowest paced games where Syracuse might be holding onto the ball deeper into the shot clock which is usually not a good thing because if Syracuse doesn't get a transition bucket it feels like seven times out of ten we're taking a poor (laughs) last second shot clock shot right um but yeah like people harp on how Syracuse needs to get out and transition more and find easy buckets but it seems like it's not the case at least by these numbers and all right like let me throw another caveat in there this could be because the slower-paced games are against teams that can't figure out the zone, and maybe a part of it is factored into their long possessions, um, trying to uh, figure out the zone and navigate it. But I don't know. Just something to think about. Something to monitor going Absolutely. forward, especially as Syracuse gets into the UNCs and the NC States and Duke again next are, Wednesday. Starts yeah, yep. right all against those teams. I don't. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but they got to be in the top five, top ten of highest paced teams oh, yeah. on the season. Fast. So we'll see. I mean, <laughs> it's kind of a cliche, but see if Syracuse can control the tempo. Yeah. Right. Uh, slow them down. I mean, Duke isn't going to let us slow down, but if we could dictate the pace against one of these teams that like to play faster, yeah. maybe we could take them out of their element. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. Especially as it goes on the forward. road.
1: Yeah, especially on the road. It's just amplified big time.
0: Right. So we'll talk. We'll preview Boston College for a minute. Um, we'll take too long on this one. Syracuse won 77 to 71 last time. Uh, Matthew, you were there at the game. Um and it was, a, it was a fine win. It was kind of weird. It was a weird game. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this was the Tyus battle game. He scored 31. Yeah. Um, he kind of just carried Syracuse's offense. Yeah, I mean, look at that. Yeah, so. Two player.
1: Well, Buddy came off the bench and drilled threes, but otherwise just two players for Syracuse double figures.
0: Right. So this might be, I mean, I don't want to lean that hard. I love watching Tyus battle absolutely take over, but it doesn't make me feel great as a fan. When Tyus is having to carry that load, yeah. because it's like at, any, at what point is Tyus going to be too tired to continue to carry it? So hopefully someone else steps up here. I mean, Buddy Bayheim obviously came through on his three point shooting, and this was the game where Frank Howard didn't play much down the stretch. Right. You think that you think we see that again? Yeah,
1: yeah, no, I think Frank will will group. He is on. He seems to be on a short leash right now. I saw one encounter Bayham call him over. I think it was the BC game. Was not happy at all sat him down. Frank was Frank was upset after the game, not his usual self. He's usually at least moderate after even losses. Um, something to note there. But also, just on this game in general, BC puts up 71 points. Okay, nine threes. They weren't great, but they also weren't bad. The thing here is that's kind of scary if you're Syracuse. They didn't really have a high post presence at all. Mm. They didn't really get much... Through the high post, well, there was a dump off. You mean Boston College? Yeah, yeah. Dump off against the zone. They didn't really get any scoring in that middle area from a four or five. So, and they still score seventy one. That's my one worry Saturday.
0: Right. Yeah. See if Popovic in the middle can mm-hmm. fi- figure that out. I mean, he can step out and he can make shots uh, from mid range. But we'll see if he can, you know, uh, maybe man that high post and find uh, players cutting back door and such. Yeah. But um. He looked lost, I will say that, last Wednesday. It was, like, almost as if it was his first time playing the zone. Right, and we know it's not. He played as far back as two years ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, So, yeah, obviously. I mean, so we did see, going back to Frank Howard here for a second, uh, last game that frank howard had a down game was his boston college game and then he bounced back with a nice game against pitt i don't remember his final stat line in that one but he definitely came up big Mm -hmm. for syracuse uh getting on the floor hustling after loose balls um he knocked down a couple threes he had a great game a great bounce back game um in that one that was following his benching so maybe we'll see a motivated frank howard coming out um not that he doesn't always want it. I don't really like those narratives. I don't like saying, "Oh, he's a motivated player now." But maybe, maybe he's a little more locked in or yep. ready to uh, get after it, play yep. aggressively from the jump. Um, so, I mean, coming off his coming off this game against Florida State, this would be a nice, a nice opponent for him to get going against. Um, Bowman and Chapman, obviously, are threats on the outside. Uh, t- players that Syracuse is going to have to key in on. Yeah. Um Bowman especially he's big time. Yeah, Bow- Bowman is for real and if you're listening to this podcast I, I I'll bet you you know who Kai Bowman is. Um he had a couple circus shots uh, against uh, against us last time uh when we played Boston College. But um quick quick NCAA tournament talk. Um yeah. get into that for just a couple seconds here. Uh Syracuse at what are we 16 and 6? Six? 16 and 7 now, 7 and 3. In conference um obviously real tough schedule coming up uh four of the last eight opponents are ranked um so syracuse obviously has a lot of opportunity as uh dan lyons and john Casilla were talking about yesterday on the troy Nunes and absolute podcast uh syracuse sports make me drink show uh they were saying how you know you can't really predict what's going on or what's going to happen for the rest of the season um because obviously there's a lot of opportunity. But if we are playing predictor, if we are playing magic ball here, we got to be at least a little bit worried that Syracuse is going to work its way back towards the bubble mm-hmm. with, how t- with how tough the schedule is the rest of the way and could even find ourselves in a first four matchup in Dayton, Ohio.
1: Yeah. Dude, it seems like it's on repeat a little bit from last year. I don't know. I- Four of eight games here coming up. You mentioned the top 25 teams. It's going to be huge at Carolina, at NC State. Do come in here. Um, Virginia coming here. Virginia coming here. Um, Louisville. Louisville. <laughs>
0: it... <laughs> Almost forget about that. What? Is NC State not ranked right now? NC State might have fallen out. Okay,
1: they might go back in. So it would be five of eight. Five of eight. If they, ha- NC- I would, Let's just say NC State's ranked because right. they've been ranked a lot.
0: And it's NC- a tough place to play yeah. down
1: there. Down in um, – Raleigh. Raleigh, yeah. So basically five of eight. You figure Wake, Clemson, hopefully are are your Ws there, and BC got to take care of. Right. So that's three. Ideally, you want to put a number on this right now, two of the the five top 25 teams. Right, yeah. Two and three. You got to go at least two and three.
0: Right. So at this point, we're kind of hoping if Syracuse can get to 11 wins in conference, we're currently at uh, seven. I think that Syracuse, we could say that they're pretty firmly in with 11. Despite the
1: four non-conference losses, that's my one worry for the committee. The four non-conference losses.
0: Right, yeah, and obviously, you know, Buffalo uh, has been, you know, falling off a little bit as of late, and Old Dominion. I mean, they might be a conference tournament team. I haven't been following them, Um, but they've been doing all right in – what conference are they in? Are they in CUSA? I think so. Yeah, so so, – but, yeah, so, I mean – if, we, if Syracuse gets three wins, that would, I mean, most likely taking care of Boston College, Clemson, and Wake. Um, you know, Syracuse is probably in, but that's when you start inching toward the first four. But there definitely is a real opportunity uh, for Syracuse to almost, like, fumble this away. Oh, absolutely. And so I kind of just want to advise people, while you're taking a look at the um, bracketologists' brackets, and you see Syracuse in the 7-8 range, maybe, like, eight, nine range now, um, after the loss to Florida state in the one in one week this week, uh, you just got to be aware of what's up next. No one is looking at this upcoming schedule. Yeah. Um, and Syracuse, I, I don't have numbers behind this, but Syracuse has got to have one of the toughest schedules remaining. Um, and so, you know, the likelihood that Syracuse is dropping down in these rankings is high and no one is creating these brackets thinking about that. Right. So definitely, just something to think about as uh, as you're looking at it. Think a little, a little more critically beyond the beyond the number that we're just being assigned. Um, you got anything there? No, just to that. You mentioned a point about the schedule.
1: It is. Look, this can go. I think one or two ways. Either it can be like kind of a bubble situation, or Syracuse can can blow some of these games. One, two, three, four, five, six. They have eight games remaining here. They can go like two and six, and then the, the, there's no question that they're they're out. You know, right? Yes, yeah, so that's
0: very possible. Two two and six against these top teams. Yeah. So definitely, and two of them, uh, two of the more winnable games on the road as well. Wake right. and Clemson on the road. Um, I mean, I guess Syracuse has been better on the road this season, <laughs> uh, ironically. But uh, you know. Yeah. Um, Def- definitely something that we're going to need to be watching going forward. Um, so I guess that'll about do it. Uh, do you have any last thoughts before we sign off here? Oh, Thank you all for listening. Yeah, thank you for listening. Uh, Media Cup tonight. Tomorrow, Tomorrow night, night. carry Dome, 10 p.m. No charge for fa- for fans. No charge for fans. Me- what is Media Cup?
1: Media Cup is the newspaper, the Daily Orange versus the radio station, WAAR, annual tradition that dates back to at least – 70s. We should have an exact date. We don't. uh, I know Bob Costas played in it, and wow. So it kind of kind of goes back. A lot of legendary Syracuse broadcasters and writers have played in it.
0: And you're playing in it for the Daily Orange, right? Correct. And yeah, so we won
1: last year. We lost. We got blown out the year before, and then we lost three years ago
0: gotcha so yeah uh just a little behind the scenes here we're actually you know about ready to head over to flanagan uh our gym here ourselves to get some get some shots in we were over at the mellow center last night
1: yeah yeah nice court yeah
0: balling out a little bit they open up the mellow center because of intramural hoops um which is pretty cool you know give us a chance to make use of the facility that is sitting there only for athletics you know yeah um and it was yeah definitely a cool place there was some good Good pickup games going on last night sure. you, you took a charge in a pickup game oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> wouldn't advise maybe doing it again but it happened and uh you know woke maybe, up a little sore right? yeah yeah I woke up, <laughs> up the <but my> ankles <laughs> feeling it for sure i have double double sock duty today which i should be doing more often anyway but
0: oh definitely without the blisters yeah my i need new shoes just in general okay. i i have a uh, kyrie irvings with the straps over them um, and my straps don't even like stay strapped anymore so, nice. like, people, people were asking me, like, do you play with those unstrapped? Like, as if I'm, like, some kind yep. of, you know, street baller out here, like, barely laced up. And I'm like, uh-huh. nah, man, my shoes are just old and raggedy. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks for tuning in, everyone. Um, uh, Syracuse, Boston College tomorrow, 2 p.m., I believe. Yep. Uh, don't know what channel it's on. Probably your local Raycom something <laughs> affiliate. Uh, streaming on Reddit. Uh, for all I care, but uh, uh, thanks for tuning in, and let's go orange.